the writer of Revelation had that same sentiment. He said, what is the Spirit saying to the congregation? What the Spirit is saying to the congregation. And the Spirit, obviously, is speaking what heaven is speaking. But isn't it interesting? But is <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that it says what the Spirit is saying to the congregation? That heaven is personal. Do you see it? It didn't say what the Spirit is saying to the universe. It didn't say what the Spirit is saying to the entire earth, although the Spirit does speak to the earth. What's the Spirit saying to this congregation? Which means that the words of God from heaven are personal. They're meant for us to hear. So, Father, we lift this up to you, Adonai, for a personal word to the congregation. <laughs> of course, you only have one congregation, one body. So do you have a word today, Adonai, that's not just for our little body, but for the body at large? I think he does. So get ready. I got to adjust my talit for this word. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm ready. So when, when I was in uh, grade school, uh, I think a lot of people would relate to this if you go back in your memory. Maybe the, the kids here relate to it now. So I remember having awesome summers, you know, playing with friends and playing outside or going to summer camp or whatever we did in the summer. And then there was this particular time during the summer where I would watch TV and all of a sudden I would see commercials for back to school <laughs> sales for clothes and fall attire, autumn attire and notebooks and pencils. And, and I, I specifically remember feeling in, in me like, oh no, like don't, don't, put this on me too quickly. I'm still enjoying summer. I hated that reminder that school was coming. I hated it. You know, it's, you know, Susie watches uh, QVC and HSN and those shopping channels. Do you know they're already selling for Christmas? Like, turn that off, please. I mean, like, we had the crummiest spring. We're locked inside. We're trying to enjoy the weather here, and you're talking winter? Like, stop, please. So anyway, there's actually a time in the, in the Torah where I have a similar type of reaction. And that time is now. So we are hitting this week, this coming week, is the beginning of the fifth month on the biblical calendar. And for those who aren't familiar with the calendar, there are usually 12 months. That's easy to uh, figure out. 
uh, roughly 29-ish days or so per month. It starts in the spring. That's the month of the holiday of Passover. Um, and that's the beginning of, uh, of, of, the, of the biblical year. Um, so now, as we approach autumn, we hit, normally around this time, July, August, and we hit this fifth month. It's coming up this week. It's the biblical month of Av. And Av is a very introspective month because it is a month where Israel experienced uh, judgment and devastation. It's the month where the, the first temple was destroyed on the ninth day of this fifth month that's coming up this week. And the second temple, the one that Yeshua himself walked in, was destroyed on the exact same day. In this month coming up, the month of Av, the fifth month on the Jewish calendar. So all of a sudden, we're brought to a time of judgment, of God judging his people, maybe bringing punishment or even tribulation to his people. And it's, it's all of a sudden we have a look into the autumn festivals that are coming. And the autumn festivals, that, which are going to happen in September, are Rosh Hashanah, the day of trumpets. Trumpets, hello, trumpets. And Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. These are very introspective times. These are times of repentance and getting right with God and interceding. It's, it's that type of time. So here we are in the middle of summer, and now the biblical calendar has us looking to the autumn, and I have the same reaction, like, do we have to? Like, it's so nice out. Do I have to start thinking of, like, autumn stuff now? But we do. And I have to say that I have a feeling and I believe it is more than a feeling. I believe it is what the Spirit is saying to the congregation. That the autumn holidays this year, Rosh Hashanah, Day of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, Atonement, is going to be so critical considering the time that we're in. Because you may be thinking various things, and, and as we've gone through the, the, the season of COVID-19, I mean, there's so many revelations we got in over time when we were locked in. I, I felt the Lord speaking to me about Shabbat and just resting, and there's so many different revelations we got over this time. You know, but we're in a pandemic. Like, we're in a global pandemic, not just a local pandemic, but a global pandemic, and when I look at scripture, times of pandemics, God is trying to get our attention. And I remember feeling during Passover, and you all were with us at that time, remember, I felt Passover was so important this year for us to celebrate. Remember, to put the blood of the lamb on our doorposts, spiritually, so the plague would pass over our house. And we did that as best as we were able as a congregation. We did it on Zoom with one family. And we did it as best we were able. As we went into Shavuot, I felt it was so important as the, as the body is pushed out to, to bring change and, and to bring light to the world. There's something very special about the holidays this year. And I believe that the time of, of Rosh Hashanah coming up and Yom Kippur, when we intercede and we repent... Is so important. So I have a scripture. I did this last week, and um, it's a lot easier a scripture than I had read last week. It didn't. This one doesn't have a lot of Hebrew names. Is there anyone here that is willing to read 
an easy scripture? Nobody's willing this week. Lucille, did you say you were willing? Okay, can you come forward so you can have the microphone? You have your Bible? I need a Bible. Anybody have an actual Bible? Okay, we have. We're good. So go to, this is a very, this is a very popular scripture. It is read all the time, especially when we're repenting or repenting for a nation. It is read over and over again. But there's something very special about this that I want to bring to our attention. So the, the scripture is Second Chronicles. Seven, you know how with the advent of cell phones, we don't remember anybody's phone numbers? This is the way it is now with Bibles, because we have it on our phone, and we could just type in Second Chronicles, and it goes right there. We're starting to forget where it is in the Bible. <laughs> I'll tell you where it is. It's between Genesis and Revelation. Okay. It's after First Chronicles <laughs> and before Third Chronicles. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, after Kings. <laughs> Does anybody have a cell phone? <laughs> All right, come forward. I want everybody to hear it. So, Second Chronicles, Chapter Seven. Verse 14. It's very popular. Many know it by heart. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, they will hear from heaven and, and will, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Has anybody ever heard that verse before? Yeah. yeah. Has anybody used that verse before? There's something very interesting that happens mm -hmm. before that verse. Can you read 2 Chronicles 7, verse 13? When, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. Keep going. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their, their sin and heal their land. Thank you. So it, before it gives that incredible verse about humbling ourselves and praying and, and God healing our land, if his people who are called by his name do that, it speaks about if I bring no rain, it's a drought, if I bring locusts, and if I bring pestilence, other translations say epidemic, 
As far as drought and no rain, there's been unprecedented drought in this last year. Remember the fires in, in, in Australia that were due to no rain, that were due to drought? Western United States, is, is they're going through what they say is a mega drought. If I bring the locusts, anybody see that there is a locust plague going on in Africa? Like the, there's this in, major infestation of locusts. And then it says, if I bring pestilence, all three of these things are happening. And then it says, if I do these things, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. See, there's such a thing. There's one thing to read scripture and there's something to apply scripture, which we can apply any scripture any time we read it. Because the word of God is eternal, and it applies to us all the time. But there's also such a thing as a prophetic fulfillment of a scripture. And could this be a time when God is activating this verse? Because he brought the three things in one year that precedes this verse. If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. And so there's one ingredient, because we, we could say it all we want. With my people who are called, will humble themselves and pray. We could do it anytime we want. But there's an amazing ingredient that might be missing from this. And that is God's timing. Because on his calendar, there's a time for humbling yourself and for praying. And that's the autumn festivals. So could God be saying, the Spirit saying to the congregation, this is the time, this autumn festival, this time of trumpets and, and repenting and atonement is the time for the body of Messiah to get together and humble themselves and pray and intercede and go on our faces before our king and say, forgive us and heal our land. Could this be a prophetic fulfillment of those verses that we repeat over and over and over again? So there happens to be something happening this autumn. And it was brought to my attention, and we have to get um, uh, behind it. Uh, do we have that uh, website ready to go? So everybody familiar with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn? So he's a Messianic Jewish rabbi. But Messianic Judaism is a little, little bit in the body of Messiah. And Jonathan Kahn, Rabbi Jonathan, is somebody, you know, many of us know him personally. He's a, he's a big part of my testimony in coming to know God. When I first met Sue in, when we lived in New Jersey, and I was, we were, so I was first, even before I was seeking the Lord, I went to Jonathan Kahn's congregation. Uh, after, like, not even during a service, just to meet with him to see if he would marry Sue and me. And he said, are you a believer? And I said, no. And he said, well, I can't marry you. And I said, but I'm willing to pay you. And he said, it don't work that way. And he was the first person in my life to sit me down and read me messianic prophecies from the Old Testament, from the Tanakh. 
He sat me down and showed me for the first time Isaiah 53 and Daniel 9 and Isaiah 7, uh, all the messianic prophecies. So I have a, a, a strong relationship with him. Um, here we have, and we've seen these things before, where, where groups, large groups of people go to the National Mall. What's it called? The, uh, wash, the mall in front of uh, like the Washington Monument. What is that called? The National Mall? So Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is leading worldwide Christianity. A messianic Jewish rabbi. Is, because he, he, he got notoriety because he wrote books that became super, super successful. So now we have a Messianic Jew, a Jewish believer, and he is leading worldwide Christianity. have gotten behind him to go to Washington, D.C. at a certain time and stand in the gap and pray. So if we can go to, um, on the menu, do we have it, um, the menu? Do we have the, oh, that was just a picture of the website? Oh, website's not on. Okay. So it's okay. So I'll just talk to it. It's fine. It's fine. So, um, so who are the, who are the Christian leaders that are behind this thing? Like James Dobson, Pat Robertson, uh, Robertson's son, uh, what's his name? Um, right? No? Billy Graham's daughter. Right, and Graham Lotz. I mean, there's many big, I mean, the big names, you know what I mean, in Christianity are getting behind this messianic rabbi to come to the National Mall, but not just any day. He's coming on Saturday, September 26th. What day is Saturday, September 26th? So this is called, they're calling this whole event The Return. Why is it called The Return? Because on the Sabbath between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Day of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement, is called the Sabbath of Return. Shabbat Shuvah, the Sabbath of Return. And on the Sabbath of Return, this Messianic Jewish rabbi in our little movement is leading worldwide Christianity to repent on behalf of our nation and the world and, and, and everything that is going on. And if we saw the website, there's a, if you can't go to Washington at this time, they're offering to, to play this a simulcast, okay? Like they, they're, they're, they're streaming this video all day from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. on that day. And on the website, it has a map all around the world of, of, of churches and houses that have agreed to simulcast this thing. It's a Google map, you know? There are places all around the world that have already signed up to simulcast this thing, if you see it on the map. If you zoom into the map, if you go to Rhode Island in this general area, like maybe a like 50 to 100 mile radius of this area, there's nobody. So maybe, I'm just tinkering in my mind in this, Maybe on that Shabbat Shuvah on Saturday 26th, our service will just be, let's open the doors at 9 a.m., let's advertise that we are going to simulcast this thing and let people come in and out during the day and repent and receive and just lift it up to the Lord. 
And the funny thing about repentance is that we as believers don't understand repentance because we, we view it as like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How many times are we going to tell the Lord we're sorry? I mean, how many times have we said, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. I won't do it again. See, we don't understand that that's not what it means when it says if my people are called by my, that are called by my name humble themselves and pray. Who are the people that are called by his name? I'm going to go back before there was a we are. The people that are called by his name are the priests. They have his name on their, on their, on their garment, on their, on their, their head, headband. They are the ones that are called by his name. The priests. In, in Israel, there was the population... There was the regular population, and then there was the ones called by his name, the priests. But prophetically, as we know, the priests, they speak the blessing over the people so everybody can get a priestly blessing, and that's why he says you are a kingdom of priests. You are a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. So when we have the high priest within us, that's why you are his people that are called by his name. His body is a kingdom of priests. But the priests, they, they don't just go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The priests stand in the gap for those who don't know any better. The priests stand in the gap and they say, forgive them, Father. That is what the priest does. It's not just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's they stand in the gap and they say, God, forgive them. Yeshua, our high priest, did that on the cross. He said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. That is priestly standing in the gap. So it's not just repenting and repenting. It's saying, Father, there's abortion all throughout this land, but forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Is there sexual immorality all through the land? But Father, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's going before the Father on behalf of those who don't even know the Father. This is the role of the priest to be, you know, Aaron, when the plague, hello, plague, when the plague came to the people in the incident of Korah, a plague was killing the people. But the priest went in between. He went right in. It says he stood between the living and the dead and interceded, interceded, interceded. This is the time in this time of epidemic to go before the Father and say, forgive our land. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. See, we get so caught up in, in, the, in, the, in the politics of it. It's not a matter of getting caught up in the politics. If there's something going on that, that we don't agree with, whether it's anything, whether it's abortion or whether it's white supremacy, it's not to complain about it politically. It's to intercede. Say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. The one that lives inside of me took all sin upon himself. So, Father, I stand in the gap. 
I stand in the gap. And this is happening, led by a Messianic Jewish rabbi, bringing worldwide Christianity together to repent and to intercede for such a time as this. I believe, as was shared, that we need to be believing for revival, not for judgment. Do you know that God can change his mind in a moment? In a moment, all he needs is a willing body to go out and I forgive, forgive, forgive. And he can say, I forgive. And, I mean, he could have the, the flaming arrows ready to go. He could have the ball of fire in his hand ready to throw it. He could have the, the meteor ready to hit or whatever it is, where, however it's going to play out at some point in time. He could have it ready to go and then his body goes out and I forgive them, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. And he goes, okay, I forgive. Just like Nineveh. You know what? I think I have another reading. Who wants to read again? Come. All right, I'm going to give you another one that's hard to find. Amos. Famous Amos. <laughs> Judy can find it with her eyes closed. Right, right, right. <laughs> Amos, I think it's Amos. Yeah, Amos 7. Say again? Oh, okay, we're, we're, we're good now. We're good, thank you for that. Remember back in the day when it was so easy to find our books in the Bible? Remember back in the day? You got it? All right, chapter 7. Okay, you ready? Start reading at verse 1. This okay. is, listen, this is so critical. Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, he formed grasshoppers in the beginning of the shooting up of the latter growth. Locusts. Mm. Judgment. Keep going. And lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. And it came to pass that when they had made an end of eating the grass of the land, then I said, O Lord, forgive. 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 I beseech you. That means I beg you. By whom shall Jacob arise? For he is small. The Lord repented for this. It shall not be, Stop. saith the Lord. Do you hear that? Let me translate because that's all that old English. A locust were coming. And Amos said, Lord, Israel can't withstand this. It's too small. Forgive God. And it says the Lord changed his mind. And said, this will not happen. 
from this one aim. Let's keep going. Okay. Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, the Lord God called to contend by fire. Fire, drought. The it, other one from Second Chronicles. In the fire, it, devour, it devoured the great deep and did eat up a part. Then said I, O Lord God, cease, I beseech thee. Lord, stop. By whom shall Jacob arise? Jacob for he is small. Jacob's too small to withstand this. Israel's too small. For, for those people that don't know, Jacob is Israel. The Lord repented for this. The Lord changed his mind. Mm -hmm. this, al this also shall not be, saith the be. Lord. Do you understand? Judgment. First one was locusts. Second one was fire, which, normal, which means drought also. Was ready to come. Amos says, Lord, Lord, don't let it be. And it says the Lord changed his mind. So don't tell me that if the Lord is ready to bring judgment, that he can't hear the cries, the heart cry of his people. The Lord in a moment can pull it back and say, for a generation, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to revive you. Who here is with me in believing for revival, not judgment? But this time is critical. During this season we're in of the pandemic, to, to go into the high holidays and to repent on behalf of those who don't know. Who don't know. And we're going to get behind this event in Washington. You know, it was a Messianic Jew in the first century. Messianic Jews, Paul and the rest of the bunch. Jewish believers that changed the world. I'm excited that now in this year, at this hour, we have a Messianic Jewish leader who is leading the world, leading the world in repentance. Amazing. And we're going to stand behind that. And we're going to stand behind that. And we're going to bring forward all the ills. I mean, we're such a critical point. I mean, does anybody else feel that the world, America is in like this, it's bub everything's bubbling over. Race relations, everything. You know? Yeah, yes, 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 yeah. So thank you, Adonai, thank you, Adonai. And we are believing for revival. You know, politics, it just gets in the way. The problem with politics is that we let politics drive our, our spirituality should drive our politics. We don't, shouldn't let politics drive our spirituality. Do you understand? The body of Messiah needs to be at the forefront of the reconciliation, of the reconciliation. I, I get in trouble for saying this. I get in trouble for saying this. I'm going to get letters. I'm going to get emails for saying this. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I can't support the Black Lives Matter organization. I can't support them organizationally. Because if, if you look on their website, they're, very, they're against Israel. They call Israel an apartheid state and, and genocide, you know, and things like that. And also very anti-family or, you know, anti-traditional um, um, family. So I can't support Black Lives Matter as an organization. But I'll go before my black brother and say, you matter. That black lives matter. Because you matter to God and you matter to me. 
See, it's not about politics. I don't need to say that I'm aligned with any level of a political organization to go to somebody, a brother who I love, a black brother, and say, your life matters. And if it takes me saying that to his face 10,000 times for him to know that I love him and would give my life for him, then I'll say it over and over and over and over again. See, it's not about politics. It's about reconciliation. Politics is death. Love is eternal. So, Father, we just lift up this time. This, this, this week, we enter into the month of Av, which, in the midst of a beautiful summer, draws our attention again to the time of introspection, to the time of repentance, to the time of intercession. So, Father, we lift up this time to you, Lord God, and as this world and as this country is dealing with this epidemic, we believe, Lord God, that when the people, when your people, your priests, who are called by your name, don't just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but repent for this world. Repent for the sins of this nation. Stand in the gap for those who don't know any better. At your time, your time of repentance, which is in your calendar, the time of repentance, we're believing, Adonai, that you will revive this land, that you will restore this land, that you can take this virus and eliminate it in a moment. And we are believing that you will do it. So thank you, Adonai. We lift this time up to you, Lord God. And use us as Mishkan David any way you'd like in this. In Yeshua's name, amen.